You're listening to the Get Fucking Real Show. Strap in as your host, Lisa Cherney, takes you on a ride full of GFR moments. From powerful messages to exclusive interviews to untold stories of super shitty moments before big successes. And even real-life confessions. Lisa's been mentoring millionaire entrepreneurs for over 20 years, coaching top coaches and tapping her mighty woo-woo side to mentor the best of the best spiritual peeps. It's time to bring on the straight talk from successful, soulful entrepreneurs, inspiring you to live without regrets, to create your legacy, and be unapologetically you. And now, it's time to GFR. Life is too short to be a slave to your own dream Cause I'm working too hard And I want to feel so alive I jump out of bed because I love my life Living on my terms, I know that I will thrive Being myself, clarity will arrive So I'll stand out and be J-U-I-C-Y Hello, hello. Welcome to the Get Fucking Real show. I am Lisa Cherney. I am super excited to be here and tell the stories that we tell so that you can be inspired to live into your mission and use all of your struggle to serve in a bigger way. Which brings me perfectly to today's guest. Tristan Truscott is a man who has done just that. Let me ask you, do you listen to your body? Do you like really listen to your body or do you numb the signals, cut off the connection, ignore what it's trying to tell you? This is a big part of Tristan's story and he is going to share with you how this led to him actually considering his exit. And that was his big wake up moment. After many years of studying martial arts and the mind-body connection, Tristan was granted the coveted level of black belt and went on to build the largest martial arts academy in Austin, Texas. Unfortunately, in the year 2000, he was forced to end his martial arts career due to a crippling back injury, which he'll tell the story and you will be shocked that there was, that how suddenly it happened. Even after five years of intense pain and unsuccessful $90,000 surgery by the best doctors, Tristan and his wife, Sabrina, pushed onward, seeking a solution to Tristan's pain. In the year 2005, he finally had a healing breakthrough that helped him reclaim his health and begin teaching again. And he will tell you that he got his identity back, which he lost when he lost his black belt career. He discovered that the focus of the mind, when unified with the energy of the body, is the greatest transforming power we have if we develop it correctly. So today, along with his wife, Sabrina, he joyfully teaches people their breakthrough mind-body-one system called the Satori Method for physical healing, energy clearing, and conscious manifestation. And I had the pleasure of meeting Sabrina, who's quite lovely and will be on the show. And she said, you've got to interview my husband when she heard about GFR. She said, you've got to interview my husband. He's an amazing story, you know, five years of struggle. And I said, okay, okay, we'll see. And when I met Tristan and felt his energy and he truly is as lovely as he sounds y'all I'm telling you he feels as lovely as he sounds and he looks as lovely as he sounds and he's just a beautiful human being and I think he's he's divinely appointed to share the mission about qigong and moving meditation and just combining that mind-body connection so without further ado here is my interview with Tristan Tristan welcome to GFR I'm so <laughs> it's about time we had some male people around this place. You are like the perfect one to kick off that energy and uh, your depth of emotion and your expressiveness is what initially attracted me to you. And um, so I'm super ha happy to have you here. I am so grateful to get to play along with you today. Um, I've, I've seen you work your craft for years, and it was really an honor to get to have this experience together. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. You know, it's, it's fun. I got to meet uh, Tristan's wife first, and we connected, and she's going to be an amazing guest. Oh, my God. I cannot wait for you all to meet her. She's amazing. And I was going back and forth. I'm like, should I have them together? Should I have them separate? And they're just so magnificent. I mean, their story together is completely in 
they're like intertwined. So they're, they're like inseparable that way. Um, so you'll, you'll get to hear the, the, um, the, you know, where, where they, where they have, uh, um, aligned and and commingled and all that good stuff we became tristan and sabrina we became trisbrina that's right that's right i saw that recently i'm like that's fucking cute and y'all they're beautiful people those of you that are members that get to see them i mean they're just the most beautiful people and what i what i love about both of you is that you're beautiful and it's gonna sound so fucking cliche but inside and out it's, it's oh thank you honey well yeah. We, we feel we feel honored that we get to live in these great body temples, as you will. And as as we all know, we're so sexy on the inside as well, right? All of us have sexy energy bodies. That's what I always tell everybody. No room for judgment. Let's just see the beauty. It's so true. I mean, and and you know, my listeners know that uh, I we're not monogamous, and so the, I started dating again when I was forty five. And so learning about what is attractive, what is sexy, as a forty five year old woman versus a twenty year old woman. It has almost zero to do with the outside. I, and I even joke about this with my daughter, who's 13, who just started dating. I said, you meet people, and then they, as you talk with them, they either get more attractive or less attractive. I mean, th- so that's true. <laughs> Isn't that true? It is so true. They're, people's brains, to me, and their energy and, and who they are as a person makes them so much sexier or a total turnoff. It's so yeah. true. I mean, I have met some really, like, typically attractive looking people who I'm just like, ah, run away. It'd be better if you did not talk anymore. (laughs) Nice to know you. Yeah. 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 So, so, um, so as you know, we're all about sharing wormhole stories around here and the wormhole story, the GFR wormhole story, the whole premise is that it's struggle that had a purpose that birthed, uh, a next level or a next evolution of your mission. And, you know, when I heard your story, I was like, you're the fucking walking poster child for, you know, for the show. And I also know that your story in a way is still unfolding. And I think that that's, there's a lot of juiciness that, you know, is to, to, to share here with our listeners. So, so why don't you just like, give us sort of like, maybe like what was life before the wormhole, right? Like, and, and what's interesting is the before is always like, I thought I had it all, like not had it all necessarily. Maybe it, it is feels that way, but it's like, I thought it was good. Like I thought I knew where this was going and then this happened, you know? And so um, you have a, a profound journey that I would love for you to share with our listeners. You know, I, I love the way that you're setting it up for me because I did really think I had it all, you know, not to sound cliche, but life was freaking good. You know, I won't go all the way back to being a little boy in England and coming to America. Like there's all that. The shy little boy wants to get involved in martial arts. Mom divorces, remarries. I end up in Malibu. My stepdad's a movie director. Like life's looking pretty good. I'm studying karate with one of Chuck Norris's best black belts. I freaking earn my black belt. I'm feeling proud. I moved to Austin, Texas at some point, and I opened my own martial arts school called a dojo. I end up building the largest martial arts school here in Austin. I'm meditating. I'm a sensei. I am spiritual. Like, it doesn't get any better, right? I'm serving people. I'm helping girls go off to college so that they can protect themselves. I'm teaching little kids how to protect themselves from bullies because I was bullied as a kid. And all this is amazing. <clears throat> but yeah, there's, there's a freaking side swiping moment that happens. And I think everybody can relate to that. We've all had big challenges. And this was, you know, probably the biggest one I've ever faced because I overcame a lot of nervousness, right? Getting a black belt. I was shy. I had a lot of psychosomatic stuff as a kid. I would grind my teeth when I would sleep. I had sweaty palms. I was always nervous. I couldn't ask a girl out on a date. I was so scared. The fact that Sabrina and I are even together is a miracle. <laughs> she's so amazing. She's amazing. She's, she's gorgeous amazing. and lovely yeah. and real. And she's had her own journey. But yeah. yeah, totally, totally. So I'm living my dream life in Austin with my dojo. And um, because I always felt like if you're going to teach, you should freaking walk the talk, right? You should know what you're doing. And if you're going to put materials into the hands of your students, that stuff better work, whether it's marketing any aspect of business or life, right? So 
I know that I'm teaching them martial arts to defend themselves, I've got to acid test this stuff. So we would put these full body armor suits on and we would go to town. Now we would test everything before we taught it to the kids. And so we trained with military and law enforcement and we videotaped our training and then we would reverse engineer to see what was working and what wasn't. We got really good. And so I would wear the suits now for the young girls and the men and the kids going off to school or what have you. And my body took a beating, but I felt so good and so proud that I was teaching real world stuff. Right, you and felt integrity is what I'm hearing. Total integrity, yeah, like that's the thing, right? You can lay your head on the pillow at night and know I've done my, I did my part. So that felt beautiful. And um, I had a lot of pain though. Some of it was my own stress that I was still putting on myself to be the perfect sensei, to be the enlightened teacher that I saw in all the movies, you know, all that stuff that seems so real. Just not have the audio. With the air quote, yes. The Light. perfect teacher. <laughs> <laughs> I had watched David Carradine in Kung Fu, right? I wanted to be Grasshopper, Why can't Jane. I wanted to be Master Poe. And um, so I put a lot of stress on myself to be perfect. I wore the suits. And um, so I'm teaching these classes and the only way to get past the pain is I meditate. So I took these meditation tools to cut off the signals that my body was giving me because I'm supposed to keep serving. And it's kind of like in your car when you're driving and you look at the dashboard and that little light comes on and it says, check the engine. But I was going under the dash and cutting the wire and kept driving. So my body just eventually said, no, you're done. I was teaching a class. I was teaching this group of ladies a knee elbow strike. No big deal. I'm just dealing with it. I put my leg down. I go to walk to the next group of ladies and I fall on my back. And Lisa, I tell you what, I have been hit. I've been knocked down. I have been choked. I have been strangled. Always get up, but not this day. I cannot get up. And they carried me out of my, my dojo that night. And for the next couple of months, I, I barely got out of the bed. It was that bad. And I'm pretty alternative. So I'm trying all the alternative stuff. And I've got healers coming over to the house. No, no luck. So that's when the game really changed. Now I'm stuck in this situation. I don't know what to do. Because I, I figure you can use your mind, right? right? To heal yourself. I mean, that's what I thought. Maybe some massage, maybe some chiropractic you know, maybe go and get cranial sacral. I know we probably have a lot of healers and coaches and teachers listening. You guys get it. There's a, there's a plethora of modalities out there, but nothing was working for me. And I feel like your story is so familiar for our guests because a key characteristic of the wormhole is that the very thing that we are an expert at is failing us. Right. It's like, and that's what just kicks us when we're down. Cause that, it's like, I'm supposed to be an expert at this. Right. And you know, I always get up. Like I wrote that down. I always get up. Right. Like no matter what, I always right. get up and you're not able to get up yep. and you're not able to, to, to utilize all of the mindset things and all these things that you believe so deeply in that you've been sharing with, you know, and it's not working for you. And I think that exactly. that it just, it, 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 it's like if we hit the bottom, like that just sort of like pulls us down, you know, even more, even more. You nailed it. And you start losing your identity because you, I saw myself as this strong sensei, got my black belt from the best in the world. I'm a meditating like crazy ninja. I had at that point in my life, I probably had close to 20,000 hours of meditation under my belt. That's how invested I was in that practice and that path of enlightenment. So I really was starting to beat myself up on top of my body beating me up. It was a vicious cycle. Yes. Yes. It is a vicious cycle. And, you know, it's interesting because your, your dedicated longevity and meditation was part of what motivated you and your practice was overriding possibly what was trying to be burst or some signals like that sort of the next the next thing. So that's a mind fuck too. Cause you're like, meditation's good, good meditation, meditation, good. <laughs> right. Oh my God. So scary when the tool, your go-to tool isn't working. Like it still was a lifeline in the respect that 
I would get very depressed. I mean, there comes a point after this was going on for several years, okay? So yeah. I had so, a psychological so endurance. Yeah, so tell us, so, so, so we, we kind of paused on the, they carried you out of the dojo yeah. and months now have gone by. So now- Yeah, thank you. So, well, there are many things to try, as I mentioned. So I, my karate teacher said this to me, Lisa. He said, you show me a quitter, I'll show you a loser. Now that's a tough pill to swallow, but that's what he said. Show me a quitter, I'll show you a loser. Okay, I am not going to freaking quit. So that discipline was there, that black belt mindset, that soldiering on. We all know what that's like, you know, when you try to push. You can only do that for so long, though. I kept pushing and pushing and trying everything. And I'm, it's, it's expensive. And, and you guys probably know, like, alternative treatments, they're not covered by insurance. So I'm burning through all my savings. I have a partner that's helping me run the school and trying to help, you know, keep sustainability and keep getting a paycheck to me. But um, this was going on for several years. I used to go to the dojo with a bunch of pillows and I'd sit in a chair and I'd put them behind my back and I'd learn to articulate with words and I'd take my senior students and have them emulate the movements. But I couldn't keep it up. I was losing students. Who's going to sign up for a class with a, you know, crippled sensei that's teaching from a chair? It wasn't all that, you know, aligned. So um, it had been about three years and um, I had tried all these hydrotherapy things and injections in my spine, cortisone, stuff called prolotherapy, you name it, I tried it. And um, a critical moment, really a beautiful moment was trying to get into the swimming pool to do my hydrotherapy. And what I hadn't mentioned was I was also dancing ballet at the time of my martial arts career. And I was dancing with Sabrina, not then my wife, but this beautiful woman who I was like, oh my God, I'm gonna take her ballet classes, I'll get better at my kicks. <laughs> I, I was really all in as a ballet dancer, so I can't dance anymore. She was at the pool with some friends and she sees me trying to get up the stairs to get in the pool. I had pulled up in my Jeep and I couldn't get up the stairs. I turned around, I hobbled back to my Jeep and I'm just sitting in there head, you know, just down like, ah, what do you do? And knock, knock, there's little Sabrina on the door and like, hey. And she's like got tears in her eyes. And she's looking at me like, I'm so sorry this is happening. See, she knew me as the athlete. She saw this fighter. She saw this dancer. I could do all this stuff. And she's like, you know what? This isn't your back pain anymore. It's ours. And I just start crying. Like it was that breath of fresh air in a moment, like, cause I was kind of done. I was like already getting close to like, what do I do? How do I keep going? And this angel, I call her angel. I call her angel bear. Cause she could be a little tough too. <laughs> she comes in in that way. And that's really when the Trisbrina thing started. So she kept me going. So together now we are studying and we're getting certified in EFT with Gary Craig and we're going all over the country and we're studying Bruce Lipton and we're watching what the bleep and you know, we're infusing our minds with possibility. And we're listening to much like a podcast like this, success stories, stories of breakthroughs, stories of hope, because I needed that more than I needed anything. And we got to a point, she said, you know, I think you should consider having the surgery. So we flew to Beverly Hills and we met with specialists and they said, yeah, we can help you. So we ended up having the surgery and um, unfortunately it didn't help. It actually made things worse. So I don't know how far people have been on these different wormhole journeys, but mine's now going down another freaking wormhole. It's like yeah. hole after hole. And one day um, I'm becoming a bit of a dick, right? Because I'm in so much pain. I've got no freaking money left. I've got this beautiful woman who's trying to help me and I'm being an ass to her. And you feel like, I feel even worse now because the pain is controlling me. This isn't me. I'm gone. I don't know who Tristan is anymore. And I'm crawling on the floor one day trying to go to the toilet. And I can't get on the toilet, Lisa. I can't even pull myself to. So I'm laying there. And that's really when I considered my exit. And it scared me more than anything ever has because I never, ever, ever thought I would take my life. I don't want to do that to my family to my friends, to my sensei, and guess whose voice in my head? 
you show me a quitter, I'll show you a loser. I'm here, sir, you know, I'm like having an argument with him on the floor, but I heard something else that he used to say, and this is a turning moment for me. He, he would work us out to exhaustion. We were young kids when, when I was training with him. He'd lay on our backs, he'd dim the lights, and he would say, there's a beautiful and powerful energy inside you. You have to learn how to tap into it. Now, he wasn't a teacher of energy, but he planted that seed. And I'm laying on the floor, and I hear that. There's a powerful energy. You just need to learn to tap. I make a deal with the divine that day. I talk into God now. <laughs> if you can show me this energy, I'll do everything I can to help others get out of pain and suffering. And that is the moment that everything changed. I didn't know it in the moment that I made the deal, but it stopped being about me and my pain and my back and my problem. I said, I will help others. This is where the journey of service began. And within two weeks, I find myself at Whole Foods in my Jeep and there's a sign, a flyer on the billboard, Art of Energy, Qigong, energy, what? Okay, this guy's visiting from China, from Wudong Temple, and I go to his workshop, and I take the whole thing on the ground. But I tell you what, I felt some energy. I knew how to meditate, but I never felt energy before. Not You're like laying this. on the ground, like in the workshop, everybody's there. They're like standing, I'm laying on the ground, like because my karate teacher said, you show me a quitter, I'll show you a loser. Okay, I'll show up, I'll freaking do the damn thing on the ground. And I did, but I felt it, Lisa, I felt it. So I said to this guy after, I'm like, sir, I, I want to be your private pupil. Can I please train with you while you're here? And that's what I did. Every week I would go and I take private lessons with this guy and I learned the art of Qigong, which is a moving meditation. And I started to get energy. I started to feel like I could move a little bit. I could stand longer. And Sabrina had a little dance studio in her home. So I would go every day to the dance studio and I would practice what I was learning and I'd make it my own. Teacher that told me, right? There's a beautiful energy. You just have to learn to tap into it. I start tapping into it. I start to feel joy coming back. I start to feel a little bit of, I am able, I can do this. I can do something. And I went upstairs, Sabrina's room was upstairs. And I lay on her bed and I just put my hands on my heart and I had a smile on my face because I was grateful for my life again. And I was feeling this energy flowing through me. And I mentioned a movie, What the Bleep, that I had seen. And they showed this beautiful graphic animation of little neuropeptides, like golden lights in your brain, release from your brain and flow through your body. And neuropeptides release and they attach to receptor sites on cells and they can bring healing. Well, I was visualizing because in Qigong, they tell you to visualize golden white light or um, like flowing water. And I envisioned flowing water going through me while I lay on the bed and then the little peptides. And they started to move through my body and where the surgery and all the pokes and the prods and all of that, it was all knotted up and tight and, and I couldn't feel my left leg and the bottom of my foot was numb. All this energy went whoosh, down through my leg all the way to my foot and it started to tingle and burn. It actually was kind of painful, but then it released and I'm just... <laughs> crying, crying, but it was so beautiful tears because I finally was able to use my mind and my energy to start healing myself, all the stuff I wanted to be able to do for so long. And within two months, I was back in my dojo teaching again. Wow. I know. <laughs> two months. That's amazing. It's fast when you get it right. You know, how, how long from the time that you started training the, with Qigong um, till you felt like until you were had like a major shift in your walking. And I would say probably month and a half, two months, maybe three, because the movements were very esoteric and complicated. And it took me a while to distill them into something sensible for me. Yeah. You know, a lot of those arts are shrouded in secrecy and they're taught in a way that's kind of a little bit hard for the Western mind to, to understand. It's gotten a lot better and I'm really trying to help with that as well. But I finally kind of understood it because of the neuroscience side of it. And the things I was studying made sense to me. And then I think that's what helped me unlock the energy for me. And yeah, uh, yeah it was pretty quick in that respect. Oh, what an, um, it's such an amazing story. And wild journey. <laughs> and you know, the something that struck me when you said Qigong moving meditation, like, uh, uh, you know, before 
you were moving as a karate expert, you know, and you were meditating and they were completely separate. In fact, they were almost in conflict. Mm -hmm. And now you you have combined the two. Got it. You got it. The way they should be. (laughs) The way they should be. I think that's one of the things that sometimes has been missing in some of our uh, martial arts and maybe some sports is it's a mind body experience really, right? You want to integrate them. You know, the other thing that occurs to me is that a lot of our listeners have different parts of themselves. You know, I, I do the spiritual work over here and then I have my, you know, corporate job or, you know, I, I teach marketing and this was mine. I teach marketing, but I'm also like super intuitive and, you know, you know, like to give people messages, you know, that kind of thing. And like, there was a time where I was like, okay, how the fuck are those things going to merge? Am I going to like sit with a marketing client and be like, okay, this is what I'm getting for you. And, and so, yes, that is what I do. You know, like now it's, it's really more now towards the intuition and the marketary market is marketing is very secondary. So like, I think part of your story, the gift that I see in it is a, an example of really merging multiple parts of your life, like merging even parts that you felt, you know, at the time, like they were all part of you, but there was not even a desire to really merge them. Right. And the universe had another plan. (laughs) I was fragmented because I became super spiritual in my journey and I rejected material. I became a minimalist for a while. Um, I had my dojo and it, yeah, it was the largest school and it made a lot of money, but I almost was like weirded out by the money part. You know, I give it away. I didn't really I didn't invest it. I wasn't planning for retirement. I I was wonky with those two worlds. And that was part of the problem, right? Like I was living so up here in the heavens and I'm not grounded in this world. And I really think this was my wake up call. If we can just jump to that. I mean, yes, let's jump to that. What were the lessons call? <laughs> it's oh, sorry. <laughs> I'm ready to go. Sorry, I didn't hear what you said. Say it again. I didn't <laughs> no, really, like looking back in retrospect. Did you say fuck? I missed the fuck part. Did you say I might have said fuck. I can't I'm not sure. <laughs> I saw the words, but I didn't. <laughs> I'm not sure. I, I probably need it. Sabrina doesn't like the word much. <laughs> Sorry, Sabrina, but she's going to be on the show anyway. Oh, good. You might even get her to say it. Never oh, mind. I would love that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, really, I, I think that there was such a split mm-hmm. within me that this was a healing of that. I mean, now I'm in marketing and business because I want to help other heart-centric entrepreneurs and healers and coaches birth their service. See, I made that deal with the divine, which was to help other people, right? Well, so now I'm trying to do that in my little dojo, but I don't know anything about business and marketing. A lot of it was word of mouth and all the mommies were telling all the mommies, but now I'm looking for a new audience. I'm looking for people who need healing. I'm looking for people who want to break through, not just to learn to fight and punch and kick. That was not my jam anymore, right? Like, I think it's awesome to learn how to protect yourself, but how about to heal yourself? And so... The real battle lies within. My battle was my own freaking mind. My own mind was beating me up. I have to say this just to bring this in. The diagnosis is often worse than the disease. And what's important about that statement is that your thoughts obviously become things. They change your body. When you have negative thoughts and worry and concern, especially when it comes from authority or someone tells you how things are, you end up working against yourself. I was beating myself up. So I had all these spiritual ideas about money that were not helping me serve people. So now I say, I want to serve people. I want to pay it forward. How do I do that? I start making DVDs. Nobody's buying them. And the people in Austin in my little school, they don't need them. So I'm, I'm now I'm like, what do you do? So I start studying marketing. And then I have to really work with my mindset to get into a place of abundance consciousness where it's not all woo-woo spiritual living up here in the nirvana land. Let's get down. Let's get dirty. Let's get practical. Let's study some damn freaking marketing people and let's learn to get good at it. And let's feel the freaking pain and tell the damn story. And let's get into it. If we're going to serve and stop being such a P-U-S-S-Y. (laughs) 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 So I started studying marketing like nobody's business. And I'm going to Kern and I'm going to Jenkins and I'm studying all these guys, if you guys know their names. So, and thank you to them because they were like the law enforcement and military guys that I used to go and train with. They were freaking hardcore, man. That was NLP stuff. Not that all those guys, that's all they do. They're beautiful guys. But I was training some of the gnarliest stuff 
and then I'd come back and I'd make it my own. It had to fit my frame. And I felt that with internet marketing, I would go to these things and I, I know you get this and I would feel so, not the people I've mentioned their names, but other things, I would feel so grossed out and it just felt shystery. So then I would learn to make it my own. And I think that's been the journey of integration. And I think that answers kind of the question you were saying, like you have to bring those parts of yourself together. I had to learn to be a love-based marketer and see it as this is a beautiful thing. It's the art of communication and connection. I love it. So one of the things I like to ask, which we rolled right into, so I just want to uh, highlight some things. So lessons learned, right? So we go through these things and, you know, because we are so successful soulful entrepreneurs, you know, we're, we're, we want to learn the fucking lessons. So at least I do. I want to learn them. I want to get credit. I want to check the box, you know, so that, 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 that I don't, I'm not needing to repeat it at all. Right. So a couple of lessons that, that I'm hearing you say, and then, and I'd like you to, you know, add or tweak. But one of the things is um, that you, you know, in your dojo and in your practice before you almost were like, um, rejected the idea of money and success and material belongings, you know, material possessions. And when in your sort of your before, your after chapter, you realized that that was something that you needed to embrace and actually in order to then help people like you actually needed to is that what that that's was? a huge lesson, right? So growing up in Malibu, I saw a lot of abundance and I saw a lot of dysfunction. So that was another reason. Also, my father being in the movie industry, I saw a lot of power struggle and games. So I was very dejected by all of that, which pushed me onto a spiritual path. But spiritual doesn't mean that it can't embrace material. Everything is spiritual. That's what Sabrina and I talk about all the time. Why are people separating it? What's not spiritual about money? Money is just friggin' paper. It's an idea. It's currency. And so Sabrina, if I could just point this out, she started a charity to help abuse children in Austin. And with her idea, she took a Dancing with the Stars thing for Austin. She's raised $11 million to help abuse children. Tell me money's not good. Right. They build centers and medical care and psychological care and healing and all that. You need freaking money, people. Come on. So I'm like, you know what? This is just doinky thinking. I'm going to trust myself because, oh, you get money, you're going to lose your way. Oh, it's not spiritual. Oh, the power will take over. That's a bunch of BS, people. If you're a good person and you care about people and you're a lover, then you're the person I want to commission with the money. Give the money to you. And then you take that money and you serve people and you make life easier for people. But don't freaking fish for them. Teach people how to freaking fish for themselves. So I think the money, yeah, we always say, don't make it a handout, make it a hand up, right? Use the money for good and help people to get empowered. Okay, now I'm getting excited. Yes. <laughs> Mission accomplished. <laughs> yeah, good job. <laughs> the other lesson that I heard you say, uh, I'll bottom line it with make it, make it my own. So you, you went to train with, you know, the top marketers and, and they taught you, you know, um, you know what might be, you know, one end of an extreme or a way of approach. And then you had it within you to go, okay, that's great, but I need to make this my own. And I think that's a really significant yeah. lesson and not just about marketing. It's like we go to learn, like it's okay to go to learn from somebody that maybe you don't a hundred percent resonate with, but you know, they're smart as hell, you know, and like take the best shit. Absolutely. And yeah. Oh, you're so right about it. everybody has something to contribute to you if you stay open. And it may not be your jam. Like I started doing evergreen funnels and automated marketing and, you know, listening to some other people talk about, you know, what's your exit strategy for your business, you know, brand it so you can, that's not me. I'm, I'm a teacher. I'm a coach. I don't want to sell my business. I get it. That's your genius. And you get that and wonderful for you and buy businesses and sell them. And that lights you up. It doesn't light me up. I want to help people. I want to study marketing so I can reach more people. That's what I want. And I evergreen funnel. Great. Bring me those evergreen monies. That's, but what I'm going to do is I'm going to find a way to bring those people into my tribe and connect with them real as soon as possible the reason Sabrina and I hit seven figures in our business is because we started going live and using Facebook and chatting and talk. We actually get on the phone. <laughs> we talk to people. We connect. 
the automation part, you need to run your business. I get it. You need autoresponders and email sequences and shopping carts and that. But when it comes to working with your people and coaching, I think you need real human touch. Um, that's what works for me. So yes, that's how we made it our own. And we found a model that we love. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And we were talking about this a little bit before we, we, we hit record is the for me you know get fucking real and this platform is you know i don't know chapter three or four of my 20-year career as an entrepreneur and i know for sure that connection and community is huge like uh you know motivator for me and i knew like i thought about the podcast and almost in the same breath it was there has to be some kind of community right there has to be a way that we get inspired by what's shared you know, are we inspired by the GFR mission? And then we get to go connect with other people who are also inspired. Like, let, let me go connect with people that are like-minded, that love the F word, or, or maybe they don't say it, but they don't mind other people saying it. You know, we got the, <laughs> the whole gamut. So don't yeah. worry if you don't like the F word, you know, <laughs> the squad <laughs> makes it for you kind of thing. But the, 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 for me, that it is so much about connection and we're so blessed to live in a world. This yeah. is where the technology is so beautiful, right? Because so you know, we're doing you know, video calls with hundreds of people on them. I mean, our face is looking at me from all over the world when we do our confession calls every month. It's like mind blowing, you know? It's amazing. So, I'm right with you. That's my, our tribe says to us, you guys are so real. I feel like I know you. KLT anybody? No like and trust? I mean, if you want to have that, you've got to connect, right? Connection's the new commerce. So we have that and it feels so good. It serves my soul to feel like I'm an uplifter. And I see people changing. I read the emails. I read the chats. I see them on Zoom. I am a blessed being because of this. That's what I got into this for. That was my deal with the divine. It wasn't an evergreen funnel. <laughs> <laughs> you weren't lying on your floor, you know, like funnels. <laughs> early wanting to end your life saying, I promise to do an evergreen funnel. That wasn't Exactly. Like <laughs> Nothing against them. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you're, you know, we have our 12 get fucking real commandments that we like to talk about around here. And I always ask our guests, we don't always get to it in the interview, but I always ask our guests, which, you know, is there one that's resonating with you in particular right now? Mm. And you picked number three and I want to talk about it because I feel like where this, where this is resonating with you is going to relate people are going to really relate to where it's this is tripping you up um and i think it's so important so i'll just the commandment number three is don't worry about being normal proper or polite and the confession question is where am i not speaking my truth mm. so talk to us about why that one resonated with you yeah you know when you're at home with your your friend or your little inner circle you're yourself right you live in your truth so why are we not, why am I not living that all the time? Because I still fucking care what people think about me. Now, my mom would tell me I should, but I'm not down with that anymore because you don't know today may be your last day. We talked about that Tim McGraw song, live as if you're you know, about to kick the bucket. You stop holding back. So I'm coaching myself right now. Hey, dude, live as if today was the last day. So you don't miss, you don't hold back, you share your truth. That's what I'm leaning into more and more all the time. Still, this little voice comes inside. I'll be in like a high-end mastermind. There's all these people. They're doing gazillions of dollars. I'm like, and I've got this kind of spiritual slant on it. And sometimes I'll mute that. And I'm just fucking done with that. It's not my truth. So all of you listening up, my truth is I love the divine. My, my tagline in my life is be love, serve love, make a difference. Someone say, oh, that's too spiritual. Too bad. That's what I'm, that's it. So thank you for the opportunity. You're welcome. We love, love, serve, it. love, make a freaking difference. Make yeah. an effing difference. Yes. Make an effing difference. Yes. Yeah. I almost got you to say it. Yes. I love <laughs> that. I, and, and thank you for sharing that too, because um, people will, I know I've done this where I hear an interview with somebody and I put them, I call them on a pedestal, like pedestal people, you know, it's yeah. like, like they popped out that way. Right. And they didn't, you know, and, and, and then it, and then the next thing is that we separate ourselves. Cause like, well, that's Tristan and he's 
has great hair and that works for him or, you know, he does have great hair, y'all. And, and, you know, they, we separate ourselves thinking that we're, that they're so much different or better or they got, they got something that we don't got. And so we don't think we can do it. And so I appreciate what you're sharing because I think so many of our listeners would think, oh no, he, like, obviously he's really confident in what he does and listen to him talk. And like, so I really appreciated when you confessed to me, you know what? I still give a little fuck about what other people think of my marketing, I you do. know? I and, do, but yeah, yeah. I, I don't think it's our truth. It's definitely not my truth. And if today was the last day, I would sing it from the rooftops who I am. So my dad gave me that beautiful lesson. He, he passed a few years ago and I got to be with him during his transition. And that changed me forever. Changed me forever because he's not in his physical form anymore. He's not here. He can't live this day. <clears throat> and I know that's happening to me and to you and to all of us at some point. And he didn't know that it was going to be his day. I mean, he's just in the kitchen and boom, stroke. And he's gone in a couple of days. So not that it's morbid or sad or anything like that. I think it's a wake-up call. The gift he gave me is, hey, son, live it up. Don't wait. Today's the day. Today is the day. Right now. It's so true. And I hate that the live every day as if it's your last and some of that sentiment has become a bit trite. Mm -hmm. Or maybe that's just my way of not hearing it. And our way of not hearing it is having it feel trite could be and yeah. it could be right and so yeah you know if we could drop in even in this moment that we're listening to the to this you know that y'all are listening to this and just drop in and be like okay seriously though what would i change like seriously no joke truly we can get hit by a bus truly we can have a diagnosis truly yeah what would i do differently and so i'll just like pause and like whatever's dropping into your brain like call it gfr moment here because th that is what this is about like the people that need your shit they cannot wait anymore they cannot wait like and they're praying for you at night right like you you know this the people you were talking to me about about one of your clients that was also contemplating his end and told you after the fact and you said oh no no like please call me next time right yeah. so this is like this this really is life and death. Like it's not, life and death doesn't just occur in hospitals. Life and death occurs every day that we choose to just keep ignoring the knowings that we have. Those, I call them uh, the in internal confession versus external, right? It's like it, it flies through your brain like, oh, this, this person I'm living with is really actually not going to help me be my best self. Like they're, they're really holding me down. And then it just logistically it seems so, crazy to do it that you that you put it back and two more years go by right just as an example so i um your your approach which is beautifully disruptive is doing that for people you're causing pattern interrupts so that people can have a moment and wake up more to who they are and what they're serving and why they're serving and to continue moving forward right i mean that is i can feel your energy around this movement it's a beautiful thing and we need to be rattled. We need to be nudged. We need to be hugged into waking up more and living our truth. I think these stories, these beautiful guests you're bringing in, you know, it's such an important thing for all of us to keep up leveling into who we are. Yeah, it sounds so cliche and there's a gazillion songs about it, but it's freaking true, man. People miss out, you know, at the end of our lives, we're looking back. And sometimes there's regret and sometimes there's shit we're holding on to. And there's people that we didn't serve that we could have. So what's it going to take? It can happen right now, right now. Just say yes. Just fucking do it. Yeah. Yeah. Just fucking do it. Yeah. And, and me, me doing this is me saying, okay, okay, I'll do it. You know, I, you know, I've been living my life, knowing that everything that I go through is for a reason and is to teach, right? And sometimes it takes me years before I'm sharing like, yeah, I was in a 12-step program in my 20s for, you know, overeating and using food for my feelings. Like, you know, that used to be like a huge secret. And, it, and at one point, it felt like a really raw confession, you know, and now it doesn't. Now I can share it and I'd be like, okay, all y'all that are addicted to whatever, like, okay, enough numbing 
right? Like what, what, you know, it's time to wake up. It was, it was my wake up was a 12 step program it. for sure. So, this is a very spiritually aligned practice. I think this type of sharing and this type of podcast, I hope more people do stuff like what you're doing. I think it's you. very relevant. Thank you. Thank you. So my last question for you is what beliefs did you have about yourself before all of this that you now look back and you're like, well, that like you, you've upgraded them or updated them or rewrote them. But like when you were there, it just seems so freaking true. But now you can see the, you know, the divine design of it all. You could just see a new layer of wisdom because I, I feel like, you know, a key part of GFR is questioning. It's like questioning those beliefs, things that we think are so true, you know? Um, so yeah. Yeah. What would, what would you Yeah, there's, there's quite a few actually in retrospect, I love looking back at life and seeing all the chapters of evolution of this person I know as myself, there was this whole spiritual phase where I thought that I was here to become this enlightened thing. All the books I read and that path. And I now look back, I see there was a lot of spiritual arrogance in that, you know, <clears throat> that path to enlightenment was actually pretty selfish. It was all about me and my joy and my, not that you shouldn't have that. I think we should all tap in and feel that joy, but share that love with others. Don't make it just about yourself. So that was a big upgrade. And I think the back injury brought me to that. It helped get me, I was definitely helping and serving people, but I think I was stuck in a thing there. And then it pushed me into <clears throat> this journey of trying to figure out who am I now, this new identity, this new version of me. And all this stuff about money came up. And now looking back, I see even the word money is such a trigger for people, but I just see it as an energy that is a beautiful thing that we can allow to flow through our lives. You don't take any of it with you. So do as much good as you can with it and really open myself up to allow that abundance to flow through. And um, I want to help my family. I want to help people I love. I want to serve my community more. I want to do shows like this. I want to do things that really, and before I would have held back. And I would have been scared about that. So that's changed. But the last and most important perhaps for me is I don't need to follow somebody else's model. It's time for me to be me. Don't get me wrong. I think we need mentors. They're very important. But don't mentor the man or the woman. Mentor the message. Mm. Human beings do some wonky stuff. Mentor the message and you're going to be just fine. And in that, I can always be me. Sabrina and I have a little nickname. She says, I be me. I be me. It's, that's our name. I be me. You be you. I be me. So I'm just going to, I be me. <laughs> Don't mentor the man or the woman. Mentor their message. Isn't that good? That's really good. Yeah. So juicy. Yes. Yeah. That was yes. shared with me. One of my, John Astroff's friends. I'm forgetting his name right now. In a jacuzzi one day. Tristan, don't mentor the man. Mentor the message. Like, yeah. ah. Thank you for that. What a breakthrough. Because I've been following all these teachers and trying to be like them. <clears throat> Not anymore. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think that they, what I'm seeing with the people that I'm getting to work with now more closely is it's almost like the next generation of mentorship that we need. It's like we've gotten the systems, we've gotten the tools, we've gotten the 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 the, the steps and we've gotten the forms and the templates and and then it, now it's like, okay, it's time for me to get really, really clear on what is me, how I want to do it, feel at peace and acceptance about that and shout it from the fucking rooftops. Right? So whatever is keeping us from that, it's like, that's that whatever mentorship or podcast or, you know, whatever is going to feed, you know, that you, um, us all owning that next level uh, is I think what's up right now. It's, it's whatever that it takes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Any final thoughts, Mr. Tristan? Well, I'm just feeling so happy to be here with you and doing this. And I can see this is an intention that I set was to live through that number three commandment. Is it a commandment or a confession? I guess it's both, isn't it? Yeah, it's both. Living through that. And I just want to encourage everybody to find out what yours is and massage it every day and love yourself through it. And 
I don't know what you've got to do to stay on track. I, I wrote a little mission statement for myself. I just tell you guys the first line is the purpose of my life is to fully awaken to the vibration of unconditional love. That's it. I'm here every day to wake up to that. And then there's some other parts about how I can take that and shape that and serve others with that. But if I do that part first, align to love, I'm good. I'm good. I can make the most conscious loving decisions when I'm tapping in. And I really think that's the most important thing because there's so much information. We're all overloaded and we're studying all these things and we're listening to all these people. But there's a freaking truth inside of us that knows better than anybody else what's the best next step. And I think a show like this helps pull that out of us. You got to listen to ourselves and trust ourselves. So that's what I want to leave with. That's my path. Amen, brother. That was beautifully, <laughs> that was beautifully put. It's been an honor to be in this conversation with you and we'll let all of our listeners know how they can get in touch with you and, you know, learn from you and all that great stuff because, um, you definitely, you, you've lived through what you lived through for a purpose. And I want to make sure I can do whatever I can to um, help you connect with the people that you're supposed to help and serve. Thank you, Lisa. So everybody, you can see I'm doing prayer hands. Feel my prayer hands. <laughs> They're coming at you. Nice. Thank you so much. You're amazing. You back at you. What a wonderful human being. Am I right? I'm so excited to have gotten to share his story with you and his energy with you. And just what a beautiful moment where he talked about commandment number three and confession question number three, where am I not speaking my truth? And really like, you know, confessed and then claimed um, he was taking action uh, in a new direction around that, which I thought was just freaking awesome. If you have not checked out the 12 GFR commandments, you need to do that. It's juicy stuff there waiting for you. Go to gfr.life forward slash 12C. Of course, there's a link in our show notes. And also, if you want to keep in touch with Tristan and get some of his good, good stuff and programming around activating your full body energy, also a link in our show notes to his full body energy activator. <laughs> and for our squad, you know, y'all, our squad members, we always have something special for you. So right after the show, um, Tristan's like, all right, let's do this thing. And he took us through a moving meditation that unlocks our energy channels. And he talked about how he uses it before big meetings and, and um, really important things to help him get into his body. So if you are a squad member, you'll get to see him on video and experience um, this training. And if you are not a squad member yet, and you've been thinking about being a squad member, and you're like, what is this squad thing? Check it out at gfr.life.squad. It's 20 bucks. It'll take you two minutes to get connected with us. And then you'll jump over to our squad quad, which is our Facebook group. And that's where all of the bonus lessons from all of our teachers live and where we talk about them and where we talk about the interviews and we talk about our commandments and where I actually share more intimately about behind the scenes of what's going on with me. So if you want to be more connected to me, also another reason to join the squad for 20 bucks a month. <laughs> okay, go ahead and do that. And uh, I'll see you next time. And I'll see you over in our squad Facebook group. All right. Bye y'all.